Welcome to the PT Graduate Podcast. I'm Rich Ellis, and I interview people from the health and fitness industry to find out more about their role, get some inspiration, motivation, and also have an understanding of how to get into this industry, but not only get in, but stay in and flourish in this amazing industry. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the PT Graduate Podcast. It's great to be here again. And uh, today my guest is Kelly Young from um, Nine Round Albany. Welcome, Kelly. Hello. How are you? Hiya. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. That's very, very good of you to to give up your time to be here. I really appreciate it. I know you're a you're a busy business owner, you know, a mum, and you've got, um, you know, you're, you're married and uh, kids and, you know, there's, there's, there's lots going on as well as what else has been thrown into the mix with, yeah. um, you know, trying to, to run a business at the moment with uh, the current circumstances. So, you know, to be oh, able to... Um, I'll actually just correct you on one spot and my partner's going to love. We're not actually married yet. Apologies. It is the <laughs> longest engagement of our life and I have him on for it all the time and I'm not going to let him just win over <laughs> thinking he doesn't have to marry me just so that people go, oh, we're married anyway. People say it anyway. We don't need to get married. So uh, <laughs> apologies. A a running joke. <laughs> Well, you've got him on record now, so you know there's no no escaping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh crack um, up now. So, so um, a bit like me, you know, you, you didn't come into this industry as your first choice, I guess, of, of career. You kind of you've come into it later on, and you started um, as a as a chef, right? Well, funnily enough, I actually started as in the fitness first. Oh, so, okay. yes, yes. So I um. Like if we wind it all the way back, um, I was always academically challenged, as they said, as my teachers said at school. Um, and so, yeah, back then it was there was no PC. And I say back then because I'm 40 this year. Um, so there was no PCing about it. Yeah. If you were not smart, they just told you, you you're not smart. Wow. <laughs> you Amazing. ain't going to be you're not going to be good at this, that, and the other. And so I kind of lost a lot of confidence in myself in that regard, but found my confidence in sport. Right. And and that, and like I ended up saying to school, kind of right to seventh form back, that's what we call it them. I don't know what mm. they call it these times, but seventh form, and it was due to sports. And I kind of surrounded myself with it. I was in a top level for soccer, basketball, and hockey and um, sort of got um, scholarships at certain top schools for those oh. sports and went through the, the like all your representative kind of levels and stuff and got to a stage where I was getting coached by um, phenomenal coaches and they were working on not only the skill set but also the mindset so I really got a passion for the fitness and that side at a young age mm. um, I then went on to um, getting a scholarship at Lincoln University down in Christchurch. However, once again, the academic side was attached to it. Mm. And I really sat on the fence for a while. And and, and that was for hockey. So hockey became my sport of preference. And one weekend, I decided I'd go on a school trip to the mountain to try snowboarding. And I also surfed and skated. So went and did this mountain experience and never properly been on the snow and I fell in love with it I was like this is amazing so I went and brought all the gear I brought a pass and everything and it was a conflict for hockey at that level and so they said it endangers you it's an endangering sport it's an extreme sport 
kind of my coach at the time was like it's a no-go and so I had to make a choice and I thought you know what I'm gonna go with my gut I'm leaving hockey much to my mum's (laughs) dismay because she had carted me Mm. here there for my whole schooling life Mm. that and she was like black sticks here she comes and then I just basically said, nah, mum, I'm changing direction. I'm going snowboarding. So off I went down to Queenstown, got a job just as a lifty operator, realized mm. that didn't give me enough time on the mountain. Yeah. Switched into a rookie school, um, got into a rookie academy to get uh, snowboard instructors. And that's when my instructing started forming. Uh, yeah. So I spent five years back-to-back winters through here, Canada and USA um, teaching snowboarding and our qualifications I don't know what it's like now but our qualifications as a Kiwi over here over in the U um in the U.S. it we were quite high up with our qualifications so we got to sort of if you were good enough you got to sort of pick which level of sort of capability you taught and so I got a lot of black runs a lot of park a lot of that kind of experience and so spent a lot of my time coaching at a high level of snowboarding and um, yeah, that's how I grew that love. And mm. in the process of it all, we had a family over here that we were close friends with that owned a gym down in Browns Bay. It was Beachside Health Club. Oh yeah, I know. Yes, yeah. the wife. And um, so well, my mum used to go there and I was a youngster and I remember being little, sitting on the side of the room, watching my mum do all these aerobics. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Mm. And so um, I came back and I'd always go there and train. And so I was amazing friends, like the owners, you know, they're like my second parents. They just mentored me through the industry. And um, they got me a job there when I came back and settled and that's where I got my PT and started working with them and literally got taken under the wing by um, Jane, Pete, Carl that were there and um, the rest of them. And they just, back then you were able to get an internship and you were able to work in a gym because there weren't 24-7 gyms around then. Mm. They were just starting to come out or mm. just getting talked about. Mm. So back then it was either the rec centres um, or the small boutique family-owned operating ones or Les Mills Um, and when you worked there you learned the reception you were an instructor on the stage like doing the classes you were a PT you walked the floor so you were a gym walker you did everything Mm. and you learned it all you learned Mm. the trade Mm. and I was just lucky that they were super passionate about it and just taught me to how to run an amazing community and I said, so that's how that's that's where it started. Uh, I see. You know? Yes. And okay. It kind of what formed was the link between fitness and food mm. hadn't become what it is today because yeah. there was no social media, mm. so there was no mm. people, no health coaches. There was there yeah. was that lost middle part. Yeah. And and what my thing was, I was like, do I want to become a nutritionist? And then I was like, well, it's not really, people know what they need to eat. It was very clear. People mm. started to know if you eat that, you know, you, you're going to get unhealthy. And the correlation between it was starting to get the awareness about it. Yeah. But yeah. what I found was people didn't know how to cook. Like right. People didn't know how to make good shit. Yes, 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 yes. It tasted nice. And that's where my love of food came. And that's where you know I love to cook I was cooking all the time we grew up on a farm my nana was an amazing cook 
And that's when I used to do these cook along with Gordon Ramsay TV shows with my flatmates. <laughs> Yeah, and nice. we'd get on the wines and we'd think, oh, this is fun. And I'd be in there. My flatmate was a sous chef and we'd be cooking and making these elaborate dishes. And they mm. said, let's do MasterChef. You're, you're going on MasterChef. So <laughs> kind of thought it was a funny thing to apply for the TV show. Yep. I didn't know much about it at all. Hadn't watched it. And that started that journey. And right. I was in the first MasterChef. Yep. And then I all of a sudden was in the top 13 and then all of a sudden the top 10 and I was in the house yeah. and then all of a sudden it just three months of just chaos crazy life I was out and then I got back in again through elimination thing uh, yeah and then I was the top two and life went a little bit crazy afterwards yeah <laughs> I bet I bet you've yeah. um you've 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 taken me down the path I was gonna gonna ask for anyway in terms of that whole thing because um, so then that took you into the industry as a result? Yes. So I um, then ended up getting a job with Simon Gold. Ah, and Europe. I went into the chefing industry. And I worked at Euro. And it was tough. Mm. <laughs> right? Like, they're like, chefs are like military, right? There's a mm. hierarchy. Mm. And here's me that came from a celebrity TV show. <laughs> and I kind of kind of got just got in there and there was a few of them that really didn't like that fact about me and it was so they made it tough yeah, <laughs> so bet. you know if you can't stand the heat in the kitchen you got to get out but I didn't like put in my effort and yep. I loved it I loved the adrenaline of the um like a, a service a shift mm. work. I mm. loved being on the front line of it it was it was amazing. It was such an experience. So I ended up working for Simon for would have been about nine months, maybe a year, mm. quite a period of time. But what I did notice as well is the lifestyle of being a chef is really intense. Mm. Mm. Shift work, long hours. Afterwards, you stay for drinks. And yeah. It's just a, it's not a healthy lifestyle. No. And. I started noticing my health, my physical and my mental health was deteriorating. And I kind of sort of lost a little bit of my way. Mm. And um, and so that's when, well, in the process, I met my partner yeah. and he was in construction and it wasn't yeah. very early. It was quite early on in the relationship. I fell pregnant. And mm. um, after working for Simon, I went and did a couple of TV shows and we did presentations at places on food and yep. worked for a number of companies, helping them redesign food and make it a little bit more healthier. And yep. I started sort of heading down that track. Mm. And um, then we had our baby. Uh, my partner's work took us down to Christchurch where they had the earthquakes. Sure, yeah. And he's in construction, went down yep. there. I had my babies down there and was just kind of after a life that had gone a little bit chaotic <laughs> I was finding myself again okay and okay. with the having the kids it was probably a real um journey in a way of of being a mum like figuring out who I was as a mum mm. and so in that process I then started sort of reconnecting with my coaching side and my health and wellness and yeah. so I um, did my health coaches course cool. and I did that. Um, I did um, some certifications on pre and post pregnancy nutrition, yep. on pre and post pregnancy um, exercise. And I really 
sort of ha- um, like really harnessed my mm. environment mm-hmm. and started coaching that. So I created a Little Bellies uh, boot camp and oh. just started teaching mums in the local area and um, had a little setup at home and started doing that and then went more into the health coaching side because it's yep. more the psychology of why we do mm. what we do mm. when we know what we know really is mm. my driver because you can – you can coach people in exercise. You can tell them what to learn, um, eat. You can, you know, guide them. But if you don't fix the deep root, rooting problem, which yeah. is the habits, yeah. why, or the, the internal dialogue or the limiting beliefs that we do have, mm. you're going to keep on hitting that brick wall. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, like, if we fast forward, we were down there for five years and I said to my partner, we've got three babies now. Um, I want to come home because Albany, Auckland is my home. Sure. I want to come home. Um, You know, friends of ours came to us with nine round. They said there's a nine round down there, or there was about four down there. This is the concept. Yeah. Uh, We love boxing. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact about it that there's no class timetable. So I kind of eliminated all those excuses as a mum or a parent to (laughs) remove. It's 30 minutes long. Workouts change daily, so it's exciting. You're going to have a trainer pushing each time. So I thought, hey, this is a really amazing concept. Mm. And um, we said, let's be the first ones up in Auckland. Oh, well done. So we got to move up to Auckland and opened up Nine Round Albany. Superb. We're coming up to our fifth year. Wow, really? Good job. So um, where did it start? Where does it originate? It's originate from um, America, USA. Ah, okay. They're very kickboxing focused, though. Yeah. Because it's boxing and kickboxing, and then we've really brought in the functional training side of it yeah. as well. Yeah. Because the market in New Zealand is just too small to have a real one-dimensional. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, that's how we brought in that sort of gotcha. side to it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So when you say there's no class times, how does it work? So, yeah, that's one thing that everyone goes, what do you mean? Like, it's, I, I call it the human conveyor belt, basically. Okay. So, basically, we open up our doors, and as long as we're open, you can start your session every three minutes. So, it's nine rounds, nine stations, yeah. three minutes on each station, 30 seconds to move to the next one. Yeah. And it just keeps rotating. So, people just file in. As like I say to my trainers or anyone that comes to apply for a job or is is joins us, I say it's pretty much training on steroids. Now, why I say that is because it's not like a class is coming in all at once and you're greeting everyone all at the same level. You're then taking them through a warm up. You're then moving them through the workout together progressively. And then at the end, you're doing the cool down, the ending, you know, and you finalize everyone with a farewell, see you again and everyone leave. Mm. It's not like that, which is Mm. very kind of orchestrated. Yeah. This one here, you can have people warming up on the bikes. You can have people halfway through their session. You know, you've got people on pads and, and you're training boxing size. You've got the functional training site. You've got people finishing their workout, stretching, leaving. And as a trainer, you're just, it's like being in a kitchen. It's, uh, uh, in the yes. kitchen. it's that yeah. bang, bang, yeah. you know, yeah. and you just, it's it's wicked. It's a real interesting dynamic that I I thrive in, and I find my trainers come through, and they just grow leaps and bounds because mm. it's so dynamic. Because mm. at one stage you could have one person on the floor, or maybe 
four people on the floor so it's real intimate and personal mm. training mm. then you might have a floor of nine people with three people you know so it's more of a yep. group so yep. it's like yep. you're really learning all of those aspects and you're figuring out where do you fit as a trainer and what yeah. do you like as a trainer yeah by um you know being in the nine round environment very uh very dynamic and because it's kind of it's like you know once the doors are open it's sort of it's live it's um, it's game on it's, yeah yeah there's never really the downtime the stopping and the thinking it's like you're learning 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 which yeah which explains what you were saying about them you know developing so quickly because you know skills are always being engaged it's yeah. interesting uh, it's, yeah. i wasn't even aware of that it's interesting oh you have so, to come and check it out oh i'd love to i'd love to yeah so i guess my next question is this then so it's an amazing concept and i can understand the the purpose behind it if you've got this conveyor conveyor belt how do you still build that community in in amongst your members it's i'd say i'm huge on community mm. so i'm massive on community so we mm. learn everybody's names right. we learn all about like all about everyone really because it's such an intimate space yep. as well and right. um, the trainers get to know everybody as well so so us talking with them we're just so open and friendly and we have a one of my my biggest things about our club is it's just fitness no judgment and so we are I'm strong believer in anyone's welcome, any fitness level. And because we've got a way that we can really um, work in a high intensity environment, but still work quite closely, everyone, we can change exercises to suit and fit. Right. So I kind of say we're like a little bit like the Motley crew in terms of the people that we have in our gym we're all a motley crew we're not yeah we're not dressed in the flashiest stuff we're all shapes and sizes we're all ages we're all levels and but everyone just has taken on the vibe where it's just fitness no judgment mm. and while people are sitting on the bike they start chatting and next thing you know they start knowing other people and introducing yeah. and we're constantly introducing everyone to everyone and yeah so we've just built this amazing, oh. thriving community where people walk in the door and they know each other, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then we do outdoor things as well. A lot was pre-COVID. We're just getting kind of back into the swing of doing yep. a lot of our sort of um, outdoor activities that we do that brings people together. We're huge on social media. So a lot of the, um, you know, real um, sort of OGs of the community chat to each other. And I've seen amazing friendships get built on just being at the club. And I'm like, sometimes go up to them and go, how long have you guys known each other? And they're like, oh, we just met here, <laughs> you know? So, so yeah. yeah, even though it's not that group environment, they they connect within the four walls anyways because it's just a real welcoming community yeah, and that's how yeah. i've always wanted it yeah yeah interesting yeah it's a, a, a different way of doing it but sounds um sounds really effective yeah yeah um, so it changes daily um so they don't know what's coming so it, no. can, it, can, it can be quite unpredictable which is i guess a good thing yeah um and they can come in at any time and yep. they can so they have to leave after nine rounds no they can no? stay longer yep so okay. we've got we've got some of our members coming up to five years with us yeah. you know so we've got uh, a good strong base of our foundation members that are still there and ones that are like three years four um three four years three years two years and so obviously with the three minute dynamic mm. it creates a quite a high endurance in people 
yeah, yeah. So yep. especially you add, yeah. you add boxing and kickboxing in it, mm. their stamina mm. is quite noticeably higher than your average person. Now, yep. when you walk in there and and say you've been a member for a while, you don't think that because right. there's like all your own, like all a strong crew of the community that are mm. all the same. However, when we have our new members come in, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, everyone's so fit. But everyone yeah. sees them. We all started there. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. It wasn't like we walked through the doors and we did this. Yeah. However, yeah. what I do find when I do go to other places, that's when I notice the stamina of the clientele right. that I yeah, have. Yeah, yeah due yeah. to the system of the nine rounds because yeah. that three minutes is a long period to be doing like an intensity workout so it takes yeah. that stamina up that little bit more um and so um back to your question which was so yeah so so if they've, oh, done, so they nine, can go longer. they've yeah. done nine rounds but they can yeah. go longer because they're fitter yeah yes so we've all got the my zones so you know the my zone yeah. heart rates yep, yep. yeah so everyone wears the MyZone heart rate monitors. Yep. And when they first come, the reading that we get back, because we, we love to use a MyZone um, for a number of reasons, health and safety reasons, because we're in that high intensity yeah. range. We like yeah. to make sure those that are coming in, especially those that are possibly on um, medication for high yeah. blood pressure and stuff like that. It's mm. just a good way for us to keep a track of that. Mm. But then also for a record, like it's giving us a, uh, reading back on what they where they sit in a training sort of perspective without that you're kind of just guessing where their their fitness is or how they're progressing yeah. so when when they come first come in you'll see their heart rates are quite bold on their on their information we get back and it's quite blocky so there's no sort of lowering of the heart rate it's yeah. sort of like their hearts blocky. Yeah. they'll get to the <laughs> end of their workout and a new member, that's going to be a huge amount of effort made. Now, the MyZone runs on a thing called MyZone effort points. More effort you put in, the yep. more points you get out through your yep. cardiovascular. Mm. Now, when they get to the end of it, they've probably read about 100, between 120 to 130 MEPs in one nine round. A right. fitter one, someone who's been with us longer, can go around, you'll see when they stop, their heart rate mm -hmm. drops straight away. Yeah, so they're yeah, losing yeah. points. So they have to work harder to keep it up. Clever. And when they get to the end, they can sometimes be sitting around 90 to 100. So what we encourage is that they stay longer yes. and they do a little bit more. Okay. okay. And so, yeah, that's doable. Brilliant. Perfectly answered. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess makes it um, an environment where anybody can do any of it because... Yeah. You, as you said, you, you can have your beginners and um, and they can still start at the, the beginning, whereas you've yeah. got your, your endurance athletes probably who just, just go again. Oh, powerhouses, Matt. Right. Powerhouse. And yeah. the, the fact that I love, what I love about the dynamic also with Nine Round as a, as a training facility is that you can learn a squat, right? You can learn your deadlift. You can learn your shoulder press, chest press, all that kind of stuff. You've learned right. that. The right. only progression you really have with those functional exercises is add on weight, mm. change of time in terms of that's how you can play with those exercises. Mm -hmm. Whereas with boxing, boxing is forever. You're mm -hmm. always learning. Mm -hmm. you, you will come in and just constantly learn a new skill, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's an environment where not these people generally probably wouldn't walk into a boxing gym mm -hmm. to join because mm -hmm. the, possibly the intimidation, the 
you know, they, they kind of don't want to ever fight to go into the ring. Um, yeah. They, a lot of them wants to just train, you know, and they don't want to probably slow it down. So yeah. we've got to master yeah. it in a way that keeps it safe. So it's more kind of like your box fit, but adding in that skill as well. So mm-hmm. they're actually working with a trainer on the pads, um, with a trainer on the bag. Um, and and you've got to, we've kind of hit that middle market of those people that want to learn a skill, you know? Yeah, yeah. How much did you need to know as, as owner operators in terms of, you know, technical boxing skills to open the doors? Um, they, they generally look at what skill you have done in the past, your yeah. qualifications and stuff like that. Myself, I, and when I was working back in the Beachside Health Club days, I ended up doing a lot of boxing. I um, connected with, with an English boxer um, who was an older guy as a coach, and it was outside the back of a t- tattoo parlor. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was just rough as guts. Yeah, yeah. And um, I used to go and train there as a youngster. Right. He actually tried to get me boxing myself. I've Ooh. never been into a boxing ring. Yeah. Um, I was one that probably didn't really get comfortable yet with getting hit back. I kind of get mm. questioned every now and then. Oh, you should mm. do a fight. You should do a fight. And um, this year there was a big question hanging over whether I was going to or not. But business is always like my community has always come first. And yeah. if you ever are going to get into a ring, I know first and foremost from um, coach like coaching young amateur boxers to um, my partner's experience to experience of people that have come through that have gone into a ring and my trainers that have been fighters. I know that it doesn't not only take a huge level of physical uh, side to get in a ring, but it's massively mentally. And I would say with the last three years of owning a business through one of the most challenging times ever, I would say I have been in the longest mental fight of my life, trying to just look after a family you know why my partner yeah. works in construction yeah. over running a business which is the biggest business I've ever owned mm. um you know and it's a lot of responsibility and I pride myself a lot on you know people's personal opinions and wanting to keep everyone happy and I think a lot of trainers do we wear our hearts on the sleeve Um, you know we care about people that's why we're in the role Mm. Um, and so I've had to really learn who is Kelly as a business owner because when I Mm. started I have grown extremely enough like extremely huge amount Mm. to who Mm. I am now mentally and so in terms of getting into the ring it really has always been about how's the business going you know Mm. do I have Mm. that time and space to remove myself to focus on it. Um, yeah. I'm not saying never yet. <laughs> I am 40 this year, so time is ticking, but I'm not saying never yet. Sure. Okay. Right now, okay. right now, um, my <laughs> my fight is is keeping our gym going and rebuilding it after what we've been through, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on you for keeping the, the doors open and, yeah. and keeping people, you know, looked after, not only those who are clients, but also people that are working for you as well. Because it's yeah, no, it's, no yeah. free. It's, uh, it's been a massive challenge. Yeah. But how, what sort of things do you do to look after yourself? Like, obviously, it's a very active role. We all know that. But um, what, what sort of things do you enjoy that, um, you know, give you a bit of peace or, you know, look after your own health? 
Um, good question. Good question. I am. Um, I probably. And kind of leading on to off what I just said before, I probably didn't really, uh, when getting into the business, I probably didn't really ask myself that question enough to start with. Yeah. And I kind of put the business first and put, you know, I was kind of like juggling that with having a one-year-old at the time. So my right. youngest was only one yeah. and my two boys, she's a little girl, a little diva. And yeah. my two boys were only three and four and we thought, let's open this business. Um, <laughs> right now, right now, I look back at it and I think, what were we thinking? Yeah. We weren't thinking, that's it. Well, but um, so back then, I, I, I was kind of in survival mm, mode of just, mm. okay, once, and you know, you've got the statistics of uh, in New Zealand that um, most businesses don't even make the first year. A lot yeah. of businesses definitely don't make the third year. The statistics yeah. are extremely crazy. Yeah. And so... I had in my mind, focus on the goal. Okay, once we get to the first year, it's a win, you know, three years, we're really winning, you know, and along the way, you, you learn so much about business that you sort of mm. think, shit, mm. at first you have the rose colored glasses on, oh my gosh, everyone's going to flock to the door. This is the best concept <laughs> ever. You know, this yeah. is crazy. And yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, where is everyone? Yeah. <laughs> and I th thought to myself, you know, when we came out of lockdown, right? And you see all these lines out of McDonald's yes. and KFCs. Yes. I was like, why the hell are people doing that to gyms? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I open my doors and I'm like, come back, guys. Get your asses off the couch and yeah. get back in there. Anyway, yeah. so in terms of looking after myself then, I didn't. Mm. I basically was running on mm. adrenaline. Mm. Huge amounts of adrenaline in a high adrenaline industry. Um, you know, where the music's high, people come in for the vibe. So I was just constantly just burning. And mm -hmm. then um, then things, challenges hit along the way that really kind of rocked me a bit as I went along, but I just kept firing, kept firing. And then I it was probably when lockdown, the first lockdown really hit um, and we came out of it because when we went into lockdown, right, as a gym, you don't, it's not like you're a hairdresser where you can't, you, you can't do tutorials online, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no one's going to come and watch you showing mm. them how to cut hair. You're basically saying, don't cut your hair. Yeah. And don't box diet <laughs> because you're going to ruin it. <laughs> um, so in closed periods for mm. trainers, for gym owners, we were working our asses off to keep our communities active mm. because that's the main priority and then to make sure that they're active that when you open the doors they're not going to consider oh you know maybe i i don't need it anymore or you know you want yeah. them back. Yeah. So keep that connection work, yeah yeah the workload in that time is non-stop and you're not familiar with online like i didn't yeah. do a gym because I'm a whiz online. Yeah, I'm totally exactly. not. So you're trying to build these new platforms and learn this stuff. Mm. So by the time we opened up their doors, I was burnt out. Like I actually even for a mental health side, um, mm. I would have said I hit near to rock bottom. Wow. And my partner had to actually take some time off work to give me space to um, really get help and yeah. rebuilding myself because my um, central nervous system was just it was like PTSD yeah you know it was just anything that would happen I felt I had no real control over it it was just I thought the world was ending and um, 
and I was acknowledging it. It was like I could, it was like I was having out of body experience because mm. I was like, you are teaching people this mindfulness and this, mm. but you're in such a state. And so that's when I stepped back and I actually re reached out to a guy called John Shackleton, who is a sports psychologist yes. and um, my business advisor at the time, who was amazing. Her name's Catherine Cook and she's amazing. She said, look, I want to put you in touch with this. She was great support for us, really helped us financially get through this period. And um, I reached out to him and he said to me, look, as a sports psychologist, because I don't want to know your past. I don't know what, don't want to know your childhood trauma or anything like that. He goes, I'm just going to get you meditating. And he said, every day you're going to do two minutes of meditating to begin with. And we're just going to slowly increase every day. He checked in with me. Have you meditated yet? Have you meditated? And all I did was focused on meditating to rewire the brain activity yeah. because I was operating at such a high frequency mm -hmm. that my brain didn't know how to calm itself mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. time of need. Yeah. And so, yeah, practicing that helped rewire everything. Amongst other things, it was, you know, getting back into my own fitness routine. I'm big believer on I train daily yeah. um, and now working that with my meditation training daily I know I've got to eat well so my thing is eat well. I know I've got to socialize like ah, have my yeah. own personal socializing yeah. um those things yeah I like I'm big in creative stuff so I do you know paint I paint oh, by numbers you know nice. yes calming stuff yes I'm real so I come from a high intensity industry mm, but I do a mm. lot of calming stuff in my Excellent. free time Excellent. i'm an active like most trainers i'm an active rester yeah so, yeah you know i can't just kind of sit, and sit still for too thing. long no <laughs> that's okay my partner will be like oh my gosh no sit down girl but yeah so it's really mm. connecting in that way but i'd put it down to if if you don't do it already meditate slow yep. the brain down yep. so you're just thinking about your senses and allowing that yeah. calmness mm. to happen while you've got your eyes open and not mm. just when you sleep, you know, so that, that worked for you. Is that something you'd done before? Game, game. I had actually done yeah. it when I, the kids were young, mm. I actually um, started doing a lot of Buddhism. Yeah. And so started doing a lot of meditation through chanting. Mm. Um, I had a, my middle child was quite, uh, he had a lot of gut, issues going on so right. he was quite a hard one to settle mm. so as a mum at home with mm. two that were one and a newborn it was mm. quite a challenging time so I did a lot of chanting meditation with him and okay you know hooked up into the Buddhist community and I found sort of a lot of peace in yeah. that yeah you know yeah great excellent <laughs> Well, it's, it's good. It kind of accelerates your development, doesn't it? When certain things happen and you feel like you've got to move twice as fast to, to keep all the, the wheels spinning, you know, you, it does, you, you know, you're forced into learning what needs to happen. And sometimes mm -hmm. we don't always know what that is because it's like, well, I just keep going, go, 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 go. And I did the same thing a few years ago and found myself burnt out for the same similar sort of reasons, obviously not yeah. with COVID in there. But, um, you know, what it does is it kind of equips you with skills that you can then you can pass those on to other people yeah. you can see the signs that are appearing that you remember that you went through yourself mm. and go well you know that's something you might want to think about and this is an this is a way in which you could manage it and deal with it so 
there's always a silver lining, isn't there, that um, oh. that comes with that, even though it's not a nice good. process to go through. But, um, yeah, you come out wiser for sure. Oh, yeah. I look back at it and every um, challenging moment, I definitely love to really sit with and remember the pain in it, but I also get a lot of strength mm. out of what I've learned from it, you know, mm. Mm. and... Yes. It was probably not really a message, I think, with that we would have learned as young ones. It's we it was like um no pain, no gain. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was we weren't we didn't get taught the holistic side that I think no. is out there um at the at like, these times. But yeah, yeah no, I've I've really embraced loving the sense of failing. Because mm, I was mm. quite a high achiever <laughs> and yeah. failure was really something I feared yeah. because being yeah. a high achiever was like, if you're failing, you're failing. Whereas mm. now I'm like, shit, if I'm failing, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with this pain because I know I've stuck with pain before and it's been mm. such a, a such a game changer at the end mm. of it. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good because it's reframing it, isn't it? That's that yeah. whole, whole growth mindset of, you know, it's not failure. It's just an opportunity to learn more. Yeah. So, um, fantastic. A business partner says that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... I say it's a challenge. She goes, no, Kelly, it's not a challenge. It's an opportunity to learn. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to take that as tip number one and just yes. slide straight into that section there and go, yeah. well, that's some, some really wise advice for, for people who may not have necessarily experienced that or been down that road. Um, what other things that you know you think that could be relevant to to people listening in terms of um, things you've learned or things you've done that didn't go so well and you thought okay all right done that but I'm not going to do it again that way even you know I might do it something some other way um, what sort of things do you think could be could be useful for people I would say um and if I was talking in the fit, now I'm really going to talk in the fitness area and yeah. talk for trainers and people that are either getting into the industry or, you know, that are possibly got one foot in the industry already and possibly in, in another and they're, they're really mm. passionate about it is having the expectation around success and what success is for them. So for me, my, um, I, and I always talk about this in terms of like, I was so focused on the success of where I wanted to go. So I was always like setting a goal. I want to set a goal and that's what I'm get to. I never had the vision on the journey. And so anything that was not aligning with the success, it would, to me, it, took away the joy of where I was in the journey. Right. And so yeah. all of a sudden I was constantly trying to fix things or do things better or work harder or, you know, question, is this the right path? All these things, mm. because I was so focused on the goal, whereas I've refocused it now and I know my direction and I've got set goals along the way to achieve however my focus is on the journey the process and really keep connecting with my passion as to why I'm here why I'm here is because I want to help as many people as I can 
redevelop themselves, not only physically, but mentally mm-hmm. in the process of using fitness, wellness, holistic health, all of those areas so that they are the better version of themselves in any of the areas, a family member, a friend, as a business, a professional, um, personal, you know, so that they thrive in that area. And mm-hmm. so, so every time I connect with that, I'm on track. But yet it, it allows me to be really peaceful in where I am today yeah, instead yeah. of being so disconnected because I was not where I want to, want to be yeah. now, you yeah. know? And, and so rounding that off, it would be slow down. Like these trainers that I meet now are coming in and they're, they have the expectation and the vision so far forward that they are chopping and changing everywhere they go, that they're not sticking to something. And then they turn around and say, the fitness industry, no, you can't get successful in the fitness industry. You can't, uh, you know, it's too high or do this, do that, Mm, you know? mm, mm. But it's like, it's hard work. Mm. Whatever you do, if you want success, you've got to put in the hard work. (laughs) So there's going to be parts that are hard and it's uncomfortable and you don't like it. But if you keep bringing yourself back to the passion of why you do it, you will enjoy every moment of it, Mm. you know? Mm. I absolutely agree. And I think that's, that's such good advice. It's so easy to get caught in the, 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 the end goal being the only thing. Yes. Um, and not enjoying the journey. I wrote down joy of the journey in my notes just then. Yes. And I, thought, and I yeah, say this to my clients brilliant. as well. They come in all the time and they say, I want to lose weight. I want to look this. I want to look that. And I'm like, yes. And I'm, I'm glad you've said that because that's what we're going to do anyway. <laughs> we're going to do that. But let's not focus on that because that's a byproduct. If you focus on that, you're always going to miss the journey along the way of the successes that you do have. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. rewire people's thinking to park that over there and to focus on, okay, what, you know, how do we feel with strength? Well, where are we at with push-ups? Where are we at with a punch? Let's let's make this, break this down and Mm -hmm. say, let's want to get, I want to feel fitter. I want to, you know, I want to learn a new skill. And then as you do that, you see them go, oh my gosh. And, and that's the satisfaction that they're getting yeah. and the confidence yeah. that they're building in themselves to get mm. these small little wins mm. while their first original goal, which they normally focus on, which can be so hard to get because losing weight's hard. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's yeah. hard. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to change most people got to change what they do in terms of eating. They got to change what they do in terms of their stress or their sleep. They've got to go to the gym and, and work hard. It's hard. Yep. So park yep. that to the side because while you're getting all these amazing little wins and you're enjoying the journey and you're making friendships and you're you're not, you're feeling good. Yeah. You're doing the losing away. Exactly. It's happening. Exactly. You know what I mean. Exactly. But you're changing that focus. Mm-hmm. I like it. You're, yeah, that's exactly how it should be. It's just focusing on the stuff that you're doing day to day because you're building all these skills and, and knowledge along the way. And, oh, I've lost that 10 kilos. Yeah. Um, rather than it only being about the 10 and, and nothing about what happens in between here and that that that, that 10. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Um, that's brilliant. I've, I've literally scribbled enough notes now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorted. Um, is there a question I didn't ask, Kelly? Is there a question you didn't know? I think, yeah. 
Cool. Sounds okay. good. I think right. you answered everything, asked everything. Fantastic. All right. So who should I talk to next? Who should you talk to next? Mm. Who don't Ooh. I know? Oh, um, oh, <laughs> sorry. Funny, do you know what? <clears throat> you did put me on the spot there. Yeah, but sorry. No, 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 that's all good. Um, one person that comes to mind mm. that could be an interesting chat is um, he's one of my old trainers mm. that has, he's going through his studies at the moment. And, um, you know, he's had a bit of challenges because the studies keep having to keep yeah. moving due to COVID. And yep. um, he's really hooked on strength and conditioning coaching. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's um, doing his bachelor's, correct me if I'm wrong, he probably will correct me, but his bachelor's in sports and um sports science you know me yeah. and academics yeah I'm that's like, all good oh. yeah yeah I'm like oh you're studying that good on you no yeah. so he's um so he's doing that his name's Caleb Carey ah. yes cool well, if I can't find him I'll I'll grab his details oh, I've actually. got yeah I've cool. got his details but awesome. he'd be a good little chat yeah. to chat with you know mm, he's a young mm. young up-and-coming guy I think cool. he's going to do really well in his strength and conditioning coaching side Brilliant. You know? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Always good to ca catch up with people like that. Yeah. And yourself. It's been fantastic to chat. We really have had a uh, good old yarn and um, you've, you've, you've given us a good understanding of Nine Round and what, how, where oh. you came from, what, how you got there and what you're doing. And I'm definitely going to come and pop in and have a yes. go. So, yes, um, definitely do. Experience it in the flesh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we'd love to have you. But no, thanks so much for having me, Rich. Really no problem. Cool. No problem. Thanks a lot. And um, catch you soon, hopefully. Yep. Sounds good. Awesome. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The PT Graduate. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star rating and hit the subscribe button and i'd love it for you to share with your friends and colleagues so they can listen too cheers for now